Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I are playing the Cult's Divinity Lost role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is The Black Madonna. It's available from Helmgast. I am the Game Master, and this is episode 21. The recap will be given by Matthew Sanderson as his character, John Miller. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matt. Right. Thank you very much, Tom. So, a letter to Sophie Bayer in Berlin. My dearest Sophie, I'm hoping this letter reaches you. I don't exactly trust the postal service from Leningrad right now. It's the middle of a war zone. I know we've been accused of a lot, and frankly, we didn't want any of it. We've just been caught in what can only be described as a battle between two powers greater than we could comprehend. Not heaven, not hell, just things that want more power. We've destroyed two of these three manifestations, of one of them at least, uh, one in dreams, one at a missile base, and now we're in Leningrad and about to destroy the third. You know, I feel a bit like a spy carrying a suitcase nuke towards his target, except I have an Archon in my head instead of a suitcase nuke. I caught a glimpse of the world beyond this, a giant, uncaring machine that makes this world quite literally tick. And you know what? I want out. I want to craft my own world and orbit the Great Vortex and leave this world behind. There, I'll stay if my goddess Persephone forsakes me, like a man called Harcomb says that she will. And I want to become a prince. But first, we have a job to do. No one here deserves to suffer what this thing from Inferno has planned for them. Biological warfare missiles, a thing rising from the very depths of Inferno. You know, someone told us we have to follow our heart in what's to come. But do we stop this whole thing from just happening again in the future, or do we retread the same steps taken by those who came before us? I just hope what I'm about to do is right. Well, I doubt I'm coming back. The, the odds just seem so stacked high against us. If you go to my house, you'll find my will in the upstairs floor safe. Uh, you're the closest friend I've ever had, so it shouldn't be much of a surprise that everything I have left in this world should go to you. I'm, so, I'm sorry that I didn't get to say chance to say goodbye in a better way, a way that you honestly deserve. Hopefully one day, I'll see you again in your dreams. And there we'll make love for eternity. Time has no meaning there. Time is only part of this illusion. So, signing off. From Russia, with love, John. All right. You guys have left the uh, the little uh, black church. You've walked through the monstrous soldiers that are keeping uh, Shizenko inside. And you are in Leningrad. You... Uh, you have a map. Um, you know, you know, you've been to the neighborhood, so you know which direction to go. However, there are red guards here and there. Um, the city is on in martial law, so you need to know. You need to figure out a way to get where you want to go. It's also late. It's late at night, isn't it? 
Yes. Now it's just right across the bridge, isn't it? Well, yes, but you're not. You're not in where you were. You're not in the heart of the city. You're on the outskirts. Oh. Well, subterfuge and moving about undetected has never, ever been on my radar as something to ever become good at. So I'll look to Petra and Andre. Yeah, Master of Disguise, can you make us all invisible shrubberies? <laughs> look like that. Only I can do the disguising. You guys are mere... It wouldn't work, but we can figure out a way. Maybe not as good as me. We could do a bit of disguising, but you'll never be masters. Who is allowed to travel at night under the current regulations? How do we get into some kind of official vehicle? It's a good question. I would probably can we find know out this. that information. Yeah. Um, I would assume I would know this, but I do not know this. Well, do you want to observe the situation? Yes, why not? I will do that. I've changed accent all of a sudden. It's okay. It's all part it's of the master of disguise at work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> twelve. I mean, twelve. All right. Um, with the 12, I'll say that you could theoretically disguise yourself as soldiers. Um, you might have to take a little bit of time to waylay a few soldiers to do it. Yes. Our closest bet is, especially at this time of uh, night, to disguise ourselves as soldiers, we would have to lure some first. Maybe if we just waylaid one or two members of the Red Guard, the rest of us could be prisoners. That That's an old shtick. Yes, potentially. We, you just have to be very good prisoners. <laughs> uh, yeah, and hide the so arms. We don't draw attention to them. Or they will start asking questions. And possibly prisoner papers, and we do not have papers for prisoners. So we, if we had time, we could have forged some, but we don't have time. Well, we also I mean, have... If you look, if... I say, as long as you look the, look the part and are confident in where you're going. Exactly. Which I'm sure me and Petra... Them. Me and Petra. I also have some cash I'm willing to just throw at any problems we have. Sometimes people are just happy to look the other way for some money. I look for soldier part. Petra has the charm and the cash. It'll be fun. We have a connection in the KGB as well. Yes. If things get a little hairy, she answers her phone probably at all hours. It is true. Or I thought she said her reach didn't something. extend this far. She couldn't provide us with cover, but she, you know, she has a she has a title. She's an official. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, start, um, start kicking up a fuss and demanding to speak to people. Sometimes people just make you go away. <laughs> alternatively, of course, you could just try to sneak. And they don't have the city barricaded. Mm-hmm. They just have patrols everywhere. Sleepy patrols at this hour. I mean, right. a, a I less, less savory option is like sewers. If you're willing to get into sewers. There are but... the sewers. So uh, so then lead into back alley, come up into back alleys, use them. I know some of the streets. Will the river be a problem? Probably not this time of year. No. It'll be fine, I'm sure. It's either me and Petra knock out a couple of guards and you become prisoners or we do a bit of stealth. I feel like the sewers... I mean, nobody feels like nobody's going to be there, right? So I don't know. That's just my thought. Time. Nobody would be in the sewers. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> they, but they're going to be difficult as hell to navigate. That's true. Probably things down there rather than people. That is also true. As about Sylvestring below ground, I don't. I I might lose my way unless we, unless. But above ground, I know most of my way. Well, I wonder if we just try sneaking and if we get caught by a small number of soldiers, then we knock them out and adopt their clothing. Exactly. This is why you're my child. Also, if you recall, uh, Savella Nova is currently in hiding because... All the lictors seem to have been rounded up and or dealt with, or a few of them have escaped, but she's one of them. She might be extremely difficult to get a hold of at this point. We may not be wanting to throw her name around if they're, you know, if she's like a wanted person too. So Yeah, I I, I think we, we try to sneak in, and if that doesn't go well, then we take the vehicle and clothing of whoever tries to stop us. Okay. But we try we try being stealthy first. Okay. Let's do it. Just act under pressure. So Leningrad is actually a, a pretty nice city. Um it's got a lot of the old architecture. I've described some of it before, but as a result, there are a lot of little nooks and crannies and things that you can hide in. Um even the doorways of buildings don't seem to be just plain and simple. They tend to be these filigree things with pilasters and little little nooky areas where you can sneak. Um, there's a lot of buildings that have a you know a lower uh, a basement, but it's like a basement apartment. So there's little stairs going up and down. Um, stealth is not out of the question. Uh, why don't you guys? Um, is it act under pressure? I think it's act under pressure. Yeah, you can act under pressure, which is conveniently what I'm best at. Yeah, that's what my last couple of advancements went there. I can for choose reason. to do it as cool if I want to, which I might. I have a 20, so nobody's catching me. I 13. got a 12. 14. So you all passed. Well, you all got 14. at least. Yeah, I got 14. None of you fumbled. 
no but four of us yeah we got like that middle like you do it but you do it but it might just slow us down rather than being bad yeah just say like you could be delayed or yeah so you uh you find yourself um going at first down some main roads trying to get closer to to the center of the city um you do see a few guard outposts, but you very purposefully, you know, avoid them. You might have to go a block over to avoid them, things like that. You end up getting into some of the more narrow alley streets and uh, and things like that. Um, it's slow going. It's careful slow going. And you find that the, the main sound that you can hear is the beating of your own heart as you are, as you're going. And then things start to change. You start to notice as you come around one of the alley corners and you're moving down another another uh, a little low uh, bridge, uh, over bridge or something, you're going underneath it, that the weather has changed. It's very cold. And you start to see patches of snow on the ground. There is a lingering smell in the air that sounds, smells vaguely of, at first you think it's a smell of the sewers, but there's definitely a decaying smell to it. Continue on through the city and you start to hear distant noises that sound like animals screaming like as if there were a zoo somewhere nearby the animals were making noises but you don't know of any zoo in this area you're now also noticing that there are fewer and fewer guards there are fewer and fewer soldiers out in this area and you're pretty sure that you are you know a few blocks but the alleyways turn into mazes. They start to not make any sense for the buildings around that that this should be leading out onto a main road again, but there's just more alleyways. And uh, you find yourself quite lost. And I use enhanced awareness to try and help guide us through this illusionary maze? Sure. uh, That is 18. Nice. So it goes on for a bit. You're not sure whether you are going in the right direction any longer. Um, You're trying to pick up on on something to orient yourself. You look up at the sky and it's overcast. You're hoping that if you knew where the moon was, you could at least sort of know which direction you're going in. You look at tall buildings and things like that, and um, you're not sure. They're all kind of looking the same. You're not sure if you haven't seen that one before yet or if you're going in circles. But then Ingolf, as you guys are standing there in, in a small square with multiple ways going out of the square and not knowing what to do, you look over and at one of the 
alleys or, or little streets going off of this one, you see a little person standing there. You think at first it's in the shadows, but then you think that it's a, it's a child. And the child steps out of the alley into the, uh, the street light, and he starts going this to you. He starts beckoning you in his direction. Um, look. You all see it. I think I'd like to try to see through the illusion. And see if that's actually a little orphan boy. Oh. <laughs> What's my plus? I still, I rolled a six. I mean, I have, I rolled a three. Sorry. Right. You, um, what you can see is that you think there's other things behind the little boy in the alley. I, I think it's the little rascals. And you start to hear what sounds like a Jeep approaching the area and coming down one of the, uh, the, the little streets towards the square is definitely what sounds like a Jeep. What do you guys want to do? Dive for shadows? Yeah, yeah. Go for the- Make with the hiding. Down. Okay. All right, you make for the hiding and a Jeep pulls into the area with four soldiers on the, on the Jeep. Um, uh, it pulls almost right in front of you up to the curb, but the soldiers don't seem to notice that you're there. And one of them, uh, they're speaking in Russian. One of them says, I don't know where the fuck we are. It's like nothing makes sense around here. And the other one says, well, it's got to be around here somewhere. I, uh, I It should still, I, even with the curfew, I think they're, they're they're telling people that it's it's still open. It's a it's a cafe for God's sakes. And he's like, well, it it should have been right down here, but every time I make a turn, it seems like I'm lost and I can't find my way. And they start to argue. And he says, well, are you afraid? You know, they start to get into this macho sort of argument with one another because they seem to be lost. One of them gets out of the Jeep and uh, lights up a cigarette, starts smoking it. He says, well, what I'm is getting tired of dry, running around. Um, What's the child then? The child is still over there in the alley beckoning <laughs> like this to you. Would we have to like the cross soldiers the soldiers? Don't seem to, the soldiers don't seem to see it. Yeah, you'd, ha you'd have to step out of the, the shadows and Got walk it, yeah. past them. Anyway, they argue with one another for about five minutes more. And then it's like, well, we, we just have to keep trying. Let's just go in that direction. And uh, uh, they climb back in their car and they head out. It's not in the direction where the kid is, but it's just in that direction. And they, they drive back out. And once again, you are in silence. And then you notice that there are now three children uh, all standing there doing the same thing. It looks like a boy and two little girls. 
I'm, and I'm going over there. The soldiers can't didn't see them. So that means they're sent for us. And doesn't that mean that they're bad? The Diedrich, the the children were gonna be there. Yeah. And besides, we even if it is to lure us somewhere, that's, that's where we're going. Progress. Yeah. yeah, it's better than being stuck here, useless in this maze. So I'm following the children. All right. I don't want to wait for the soldiers to find us. We'll do a reverse Pied Piper then. So you cautiously, carefully start moving towards the children, and as you do, um, as you start to get closer. Uh, the children who are in the front, the, the little, the original little boy and the little girls, they stop waving for you, and they start moving forward to you um, at a at a a mile, you know, skippy run, sort of coming, and the other children are all sort of coming out of the alley. It's like there's Jesus, a hundred of them, and. Uh, they all sort of look expectant, like they're 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 waiting for you. And these the little kids come running up to you. They don't do anything. They come running up to you and they put out their hands like for you to take their hands and come with them. Just your leader. I will all I'll take. One of their hands, I suppose. Their hands are cold, like ice. But their Where's faces the... are not bad. They're like little children's faces. They're smiling up at you as they're taking their hands. Are they pulling me somewhere? or They're pulling you back towards that alley. Okay, I'll, I'll let them lead me. Do you... Uh following golf very closely do you where are you kids coming from they don't talk they're completely silent Spidey i suggest sense. we just follow with caution there any as you maybe... go ahead oh, i was gonna say is there any maybe chance to get a read on them to see if they're acting like any of their intentions might be hostile Sure. Be a person plus two. Oh, not bad. Uh, seven plus six, thirteen plus two, fifteen. Okay. You look at them. You're trying to try to figure out if they're hostile or not. They don't seem to be acting in any manner that's hostile, but they are collecting you and taking you um, as you get closer to the actual entrance to the alley more of these little children come out and they begin to surround you and they begin to sort of convey you towards the alley and that's when you uh, john you're looking at them and it suddenly dawns on you that these look like the little children who were trapped in hell that you freed. 
their fingers coming up through the grates. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you don't think they're Here. physical. Mm-hmm. There? Oh, but they might be well disposed toward us after all. They're a little, little lost lambs. So they begin to lead you, and as they lead you, uh, you 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 get the impression that they are, in some ways, rescuing you from the maze. They are pulling you out of the confusion and back on track. But the landscape around you is changing as you're going forward. It's getting colder. There's a few moments when you see dead bodies in an alleyway stacked up uh, with snow all over them. It's becoming bitter cold. The buildings are changing a bit around you. They don't look so modern. They look like they've been damaged in war. And you start to get the impression that you are walking into a picture of Leningrad 1941 during the siege and you see people all around you now uh, dying, starving in the streets. Um, But it's finally dawned on you that the children are taking you towards uh, the bridge going over towards Kalenko's place. And there things begin to change dramatically. Uh, The river is gone. There is a huge crack in the earth that seems to drop for miles. And there is, you know, red lava down below. There is, there are things moving down in the darkness as you are approaching. The children take you as far as the bridge. And then they stop and they all sort of point across the bridge towards what looks like a a palace, a a black palace rising up in the darkness. Thanks, thanks, kids. kids. Wish I had some ghost candy for you, but I'm fresh out. We'll see you another time, perhaps. Uh, Shall we, comrades? Don't stumble off the bridge. And now these, yeah, these are not the children that we have to take care of. Take care of. These are these are children we've already. These are separate entities. Yeah, old friends from hell. If these, well, I'll answer this question. If these are the children from hell, these are the children's souls. Their bodies are still locked up in Chigidio's fortress or gotcha okay I will um thank you thank you little ones for leading us here they smile they seem to giggle silently and fade away all right now as you proceed forward uh you do start to see people um 
in fact, it's it's funny. These do seem to be actual people, and they are running. Uh, one of them runs right past you on the bridge, running in the opposite direction, trying to get away, screaming about something chasing her. Is there anything chasing her? Um, not that you can see, but you see more of these people. Something comes out from between two buildings that looks, it looks like that German general did that, that, that Germanisch Germanschaft fellow, um, a Razid, is that what you found? He's got uh, a sword and a spear, and he does seem to be hunting uh, the people that are there. He chases a few of them towards the bridge, and they they run cross screaming towards you. But as the Razid, who is unrelenting, chasing them, as he pulls up and sees you, he suddenly freezes in his tracks and then turns around and runs himself away from you. And you can feel the three of you with the mark can feel it suddenly burn on your forehead. I'm going to tell him to stop using the vine. Using my advantage. Uh, that is a 14. So just shy of complete control over him. But, okay. Um, so it, it suddenly, it stops in its tracks, uh, but it won't look, look at you directly. It stops and it says, what have I to do with any of this? Leave me. Leave me alone. I'm afraid not. Do you think it could take us somewhere? It knows the way it's way around. Yeah. All Where's... the while, it's it's trying to get farther and farther away. It seems to be cowering in fear. Yeah, I I, I approach it. Okay, so you do that. You it's... Do... It, it, it's holding up its hand like this at you. What are you doing here, then? You said Same as you. Same as you, servant of Chigidiel. Same as you, hunting the humans. No, there's something else I have in mind for you. It screams in terror as you say that. Lead us inside, and I might let you go. Lead you where? I gesture to the palace. And he, he just he gestures at it, and he says, it's there. What do you need me for? Let me go. I have work to do. Now, this is more important. Come with me. I want to have him. I'm on the walk in front of us as we go. It um, it it staggers forward, but uh, the, the as it takes steps towards the citadel, it sort of gets lower and lower to the ground until it's crawling. Um, 
and whimpering and and crying out in in terror every time you take a step. That that also goes for John and Dietrich. It's uh, it's looking at the mark on your head. But it it slowly, reluctantly is leading you there. Meanwhile, others of these sorts of things, people running by and screaming and razids and things chasing them in the dark and strange animal-like monsters and flame bats and, and giant crawly things are starting to crawl up out of the cracks in the ground and it's becoming hell. It's becoming a mix of Leningrad and the siege of Leningrad and, and hell and, and inferno as you're approaching the house. You, you're, you're more or less now in the front yard of Kalenko's orphanage, and you can see that it somehow has morphed into a castle of darkness, and low streams of lava flow down from it uh, into the cracks of the earth. And uh, the, the, the creature is so terrified, it has, uh, it has flattened itself to the ground, and it's virtually unable to move forward any longer towards the, towards the thing. Now well, release me. I've brought you. Release me. Tell us blasphemy. How the Lord Kalenko occupies himself within. I know nothing of these things. All right. Does he still have a sword with him? What's that? Does the Razid um, still have that sword he was using? I'll say, yeah, he's probably been dragging it along with him. You're oh. not sure. You're not even sure that it's not part of his hand. Oh, I was going to say, can I can I take it from him? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. It's, it's also I'll, red hot. I'll just, <laughs> okay, yeah. So I'll just um, stomp by its if head. You, if you, yeah, I was saying like if you if you want to be released, then so be it, and I'll can shoot it. I just want to, yeah. Does, does somebody have a sign? Do we have a silenced weapon? To just do we have a silenced weapon? Yeah. Do we have it? Well, I'll, the, I'll gesture for Andre to like. There, there is where you are now standing. No silence, really. There is a, the constant whirring of wings. There is crashes, explosions. No, I'll just distance. crazy. In that case, I'll just blast him with what. Oh, my um, boy, you have passed the test. All right. <laughs> like then, release you shall be. You um, you you unload your weapon into the creature's head. And its head explodes. Um, and for a moment, its body twitches and starts to climb climb itself away from you. And as you're staring, its, its viscera and goo and stuff from its head begins to wiggle across the ground and reform itself into the creature's head. And it says, thank you. And, and then it quickly leaps to its feet and dives into the near, a nearby crack getting away from you you stand now in front of Kalenko's palace of darkness and what do you do 
Okay, well, I will reload. <laughs> um, there a dull band? You, you look back at the city, and you can see, or you perceive that this inferno and uh, this... Uh, 1941 uh, New Year's Eve nightmare that was the Siege of Leningrad is spreading. It's moving out into Leningrad itself. You can see buildings that are still modern, and then you can see buildings near them that are dilapidated and torn by war. But it's definitely spreading out into the uh, the world. I'll, I'll approach the door and try to open it. As you approach, you have to go up a couple of steps up onto the porch. There are two baskets that are on the porch. And as you look down, you realize that each basket has an infant inside of it that has starved and frozen to death. And this is spreading. It's going to be sucking things out of people as the disease expands. I think you should keep it together. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone. Yeah. That's nine. The little blue frozen babies are pretty horrifying. Nine, nine plus yeah. four minus one is um, 12. Eight, Eight, seven, 17. I got 17 too. So Petra I mean, got a I nine. Failed. Yeah, I failed. Yeah. Or it's not as cold as ice. Cold as a frozen baby is Andre and Dietrich. So Petra, I don't know, maybe something in the motherly instinct that you thought you never had. (laughs) Uh, It, 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 it's becoming too much for you. Uh, Somehow your friends, Ingolf, John and Dietrich, they seem to be more, I don't know. It's it's the fact that they are uh, marked. Uh, they're more desperate in this. You're kind of along because you want to help protect them, but it's getting to be too much for you. So, um, I'd say you hesitate. You cower. You're uh, you're not sure you want to go inside there. If th- if it's this bad out here, right? What is it like through those doors? I can't do this anymore. You guys go. I can't do this anymore. This is just. Where is where else is there left to go, Petra? We were we were so few and so feeble, and this is spreading. If you can't take two. Are you just gonna wait out here and and let those worms dig into your skin? What or 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 I just ended here. You know, what if I just ended here? What if I just fuck it, just say fuck it all? You know, I have we're just spiraling out of control. I have had no control over my life in weeks, months. I'm done. This is the this is my act of control right fucking here. Wouldn't it be a more satisfying gesture of control to kill the thing that's doing this? And what if we don't? Look at that. Look, look at all of this shit that we've seen in the last. Just well, so who you, knows what's waiting for us? If if 
But if you give up now, then it wins. It's Have we're to gonna lose true. anyway. We're going to lose anyway, right? I mean, who cares? If we win or lose, you have to sit. You have to sit through to the end. You are a stronger person than I am, for sure. I know you. And we can continue. Petri, you lose two stability. You Um, can see me holding my pistol in my hand, and I am, like, contemplating it in this moment. Petra, if you... You're right. Put my hand we might, on your we might we might go in there and lose, but that's a might. If you give up here, then it's then we do lose guaranteed. But if I we go inside, it. we have a chance. This is on my terms, Ingolf. This is me finally taking a little bit of control over my life. Andre, you are helping or hindering, so you're helping. So you control that ball. Not a time. This is not a time to roll a one and a four. It's <laughs> Petra, now is not the time for self-actualization or individualization. This is time for collective action. It just means that she's not going to let you grab her gun. <laughs> Don't touch me! Don't touch me, Andre! It's this is really, this is less strong. about us now. I'd like to make, if I can, I'd like to make another keep it together role to kind of like hear the words that that they're saying to me and see if I can kind of internalize that okay. and keep the stability, like to keep the instability where I'm at and, and see if I can pull myself together. Okay, that is, let's, let's keep it together. I have plus one with you, Petra. <laughs> Listen to me. 16, 16. Okay. You grit your I teeth just, and you say you stay the course is what that would say. So you don't like it. lower the gun. Fine. Let's just get this fucking over with. I'm so done with all of this. With that being said, I would like to kick in the front door. All right. Hi, boy. Um, <laughs> Ingolf uh, lifts his knee and he kicks in the front door. And as it opens, it opens into, I mean, you've been in this place before in the dreams and otherwise, so looks exactly the same. Strange pictures on the wall, um, little entry hall. But standing in the entry hall or directly ahead of you is Kalenko. And on either side of him, he has a uh, guard with a submachine gun and uh, when you kick in the door, he doesn't look surprised at all. And he says, you cannot enter. Get out. Go back. And the the guards ready their weapons. I'm... Oh, yeah. I'm done I, will, with I will quickly get out of the way. <laughs> I'm going to use my abilities so I can get multiple with one. With one. Okay. Okay. Action. Seven but I also and... take a shot as well. Like in this sure. Uh, I mean, you're probably 17. ready for it. I'm so, oh, fuck all of this. So, okay. It does, it does take the clip for. Uh, so, all, Petra, you hit one of them. Uh, Andre, we'll say, uh, Petra, you hit Kalenko. And Andre, you hit the two guards and bring them down. 
Um, Kalenko then turns and uh, starts to run away, a limp away. He's been injured in the leg. What do you want to do? I'm running after Kalenko. Yep. Running after him, of course. It looks as though we can enter after all. Kalenko, um, he does something odd. He runs towards the back of the uh, the sort of uh, central uh, hall of the house. And it looks at moments like he's heading for a door, but then it's like he's changing his mind. And he runs over and goes into the corner of a room and then hunkers down and cowers like like he's just terrified of you. I'll, I'll go up and, and say, where is the incarnate? And I'm going to punch him as well. As in Ghost Dota. I'm just going to punch him. Um, and I'll he continue has, if he didn't answer. He has no response. Uh, when you punch him, uh, he just sort of makes a, a grunt as you hit him. Uh, I, I take his hand. I have a knife. And I'm gonna flick off his fingernails. Oh my go. god, I'm leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going proper K. I'm going proper KGV here. I, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> there are any former KGB people watching right now? Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, he he starts kicking and screaming, uh, but he's not gonna answer your question. Uh, Andre, just. Stop. Stop. I'll just put him down, I guess. Like, if he's not going to... Put a bullet in his brain? Yep. All right. You don't need to roll anything for that. Um, you put a bullet in his brain, he splatters and then stops moving. Twitches a little and then stops moving. So now, there were various doors that he seemed to be considering. Do they look like anything? Should we observe the situation to see if there's some kind of... Warm. Well, let me let me describe the room for you. Mm -hmm. So you came in through the we'll call it the foyer, and in the foyer there's two there's staircases going upstairs, which you're already familiar with. Uh, there were double doors right between the staircases, and that's what he went through. Uh, the room that you're now in is a large rectangular room with three doors on your left, three doors on your right. Uh, and two doors uh, dead ahead of you. Uh, it looked like he was running for one of the side doors, but then seemed to change his mind. You can hear children crying. Now that there's a moment of silence, you can hear children crying everywhere. My guess is that the children are mostly upstairs in horrible cells and that the machinery is downstairs. I don't know which is important to address first. We need we need to we need to deal with the children so that when we confront the incarnate, he has nowhere to go, if that makes no, sense. Um, 
So just just to to to, to give them names, we'll say first door, second door, third door on the right, first door, second door, third door on the left, or left or right one that's on the wall in front of you. Uh, I was going, I was thinking about using magical intuition and then I recognized that since everything here is made out of magic, that might be less than effective. So I guess it's back to see through the illusion, which isn't probably going to mean another catastrophic failure. We're already seeing through it. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. We're not seeing a lot of illusion. Twelve fifteen. You are on a rickety platform made of corrugated steel, hovering over hell itself, uh, with uh, the very essence of nightmares flowing up in black clouds of smoke. And um, really wish I hadn't looked at so many reproductions of Bosch in my former life. Uh, do any of the doors look different than the others? It's all... They they all look pretty much the same. Is there a stairwell down from one of them? Uh, yeah, you can't really see through the walls, but um, the crying of children is coming from the doors all around you. You're not exactly sure from which ones. Um, you haven't seen any stairs going down. When you've seen the stairs back in the hallway going to the second floor. That's where I thought the kids were, but they're all around us. Do we want to... We should at least go in pairs. I don't think anybody should open one of these singly. Should we go clockwise and assume that there's logic in hell? Why not? Why not? Clockwise starting... So it's one, two, three left, left and right, and one, two, three, or okay. three, two, one on the other side. So we might as well go one L. Okay. Go to the first door on the left. You open up the door. Uh, the door is locked, by the way. All of these doors are locked. Not to guns, they're not. No. Come in. All right. <laughs> Need it. You uh you break break open the door. Uh, the room uh it's furnished. It's it's empty, but it's it's furnished with a single moldy chaise lounge, um, and there is a glass display case that is shattered and broken on the ground. There's broken glass and porcelain uh, everywhere. There is an unnerving pattern uh, all over the wall, uh, painted in blood. Um, as you look at the paint, as you look at the pattern on the wall, it seems to shimmer and it seems to move. And the crying is coming from in this room uh, as you're, it's, it's dark, but as your eyes sort of focus and you look around, there are 15 children uh, that are all covered in infected wounds. Uh, they're, they're sitting in their own filth um, and they are uh, chained up. We really should have gotten a few flamethrowers. Oh, Andre, uh, child killer, go ahead. Yeah. Is that what Andre's going to do? He's silent. 
You're going to kill these the children? Goal is to okay. Sweep through and just kill all of them. Yeah. I will tell okay. everyone to look away if they want to. If they can look if they want, they can look away. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I might even do a keep it together as I'm killing them as well. <laughs> Andre, when you um, when you get up close enough to do the job, you start you you suddenly realize that the pattern on the walls is the same as the pattern in the disease that's all over their bodies. It makes a pattern all over them. It makes your skin itch. But still, you're going to shoot them. Okay. So <laughs> set, set them free, Andre. Set them free. I am going to, but I Do you have 15 them... bullets? <laughs> I have other magazines, so I could just reload. Get them to line up in a row and then take very careful aim. That is true. If I go to the side, if they're all in a row, maybe I can do No, I will and I'll reload if need be. I think there's usually like six, uh, six to ten in a magazine. Okay. Actually, no. Now you also do realize that firing the gun in the house is going to alert everyone in the house. I'll be on watch at the door, like looking out as he does this. Okay. Are you suggesting we use different means? To I'm not suggesting uh, anything. I, <laughs> I have a knife. I could go, but then I'm getting close to them, and if they're ill, that's the issue. I don't want to... Well, don't we, don't, doesn't Andre have... I have a silence. So yeah. I have a silencer on my person. I always carry one around. So. Just, I don't think we should look at the pattern very closely. I think there might be a... So I'll put the suppressor on my handgun before, and I'll shoot. Uh, and what, a couple of us might as well go to the next door. I think this is going to be... The same around the room, yeah. A little circus of nightmares. Yep. In up in aisle two. Yeah. All right. Let's just get so it let's, let's do it like this. Um, Andre, you fire the first shot into one of the children. Um. I need you to keep it together. Preemptively already rolled and I failed, so I got a five altogether. So. Yeah, they are, they are <laughs> suffering children. And at first you think how merciful to put them out of their misery, but they're children. And uh, it suddenly, you know, maybe after the second shot, you're like starting to freak out a little bit about what you're doing. Uh, maybe the, the red mist takes over and you continue... By the, when you hit the third shot, the rest of you suddenly hear a scream from somewhere in the house, not too far away. And uh, the door, the, uh, the door on the left on the far wall, uh, suddenly blasts open. And a number of guards step out through the door with machine guns in their hands. Uh, and that puts at least me and Petra who were moving toward Petra was watching and I was going toward door two that puts at least the two of us in danger John had you come across I was thinking of staying Petra. out in the lobby so yeah I'm kind of yelling back incoming alright I guess it's grenade time for me it is grenade time yes That's, uh, I think some of us had submachine guns I know we, I did yeah I took whatever um, we were given like all of the variety of stuff we were given. So. I'm using my handgun yeah. for now, but I will when 
But I'm angry, so I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> I'm too focused on what I'm doing. Okay. So um, these soldiers start to come out, and as soon as they see people in here, they begin to open fire. Um, they aren't that far away from you, so right. uh, you guys need to avoid, avoid injury, harm. avoid harm. 15 on the dot. I have... Nine. I, Petra! <laughs> All on hot tonight. Okay. Seven, 13, 14 from me. I keep rolling 14s just in different combinations. Okay. Um, Ingolf? I was... I think I'm staying back with, with Andre with the idea to not have anybody be alone uh -huh. in here. Okay, so you were in the room yes. where Andre is? Okay. John, you were out in the hall? Yeah. Um, Dietrich, you dive for cover. Uh, Petra, you're not quite fast enough, and you get hit by a bullet um, as, you, as you try to dive for cover. So you take is that one wound or however many wounds? Yeah, it's just well, it, a regular wound. It's injure injury, but then minus by the harm of the weapon. Right. Okay. What's the harm of the weapon? I don't know what the harm of the weapon is. Is it a submachine gun, you say? Yeah. Uh that be... focus short burst is two. Yeah, sprays two as well. Oh no, focus full auto would be three. So it's either two or three. It's two. Uh, then my um, what is it? Avoid injury, endure injury ten. Fortitude. Yeah, total yes. of plus roll plus fortitude minus two. Yeah, so ten. Okay, but you dive behind something and uh, uh, you're laying on your side and you're looking up at these. Uh, very strange looking guards. They, you're not sure they're entirely alive. Um, but Petra, from your point of view, uh, you see that there is the, the person who screamed or yelled is actually behind them. And you get a glimpse of him and he looks like the, uh, the guy, the, what do I want to say? The, uh, the incarnate. Mm. And he's, he's there. Yelling, kill he's them, there. kill them all. He's here, the incarnate, he's there. All right, so uh, they're going to continue shooting. Uh, Andre and Ingolp, you hear the submachine gun suddenly going off in the other room. You've only taken care of three kids, but you've got machine gun fire coming. Keep, keep going, Andre, keep going. I'm very angry, so I'll probably switch to my submachine gun and just through because they're making noise at this point. I don't have to keep suppressed. I'm angry, any I'm angry and not focused, so I'm just Andre. Um, as you in a spray of, of gunfire, you do this, you suddenly notice that there's somebody else in the room. There are three people in the room. And as you, you look over into the dark corners of the room, 
yes, these three emerge from the darkness, and it is the three Nephrites that you met earlier, the wife and daughters of Kalenko. And as they move forward, they hold up their hands like for you to stop what you're doing. I oh fuck, I'm 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 gonna do another keep it together just to okay. see how I will react to this. Ingolf, you I, see them as well. Yeah, like uh, and I and I'll 18. ask them like we've we've met before. Why are you stopping us? So I will stop and look at them pointing my submission gun up. Um The little girl, uh, the little girl one, she says, you're only recycling them. You can free them and they will help you. You can free them from their bonds. Yes. Free. And she says, they are very, very Close now. Close to what? There's too much going on to continue the conversation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, what are you guys doing? Uh, you guys, you know, you have the opportunity. You can try. You're engaging in combat at this point. I'm not thinking of combat. Uh, I'm thinking more Matrix style, running uh, running through the lobby uh, in that gunfight scene, because if Petra's yelled the incarnates down there, that's where I need to be to deliver my suitcase nuke. So I'm gonna be running, bouncing off whatever I can. Uh, my plan is using coolness uh, to get okay. there without actually engaging in combat. I have a sole objective, and it's to get to him. Okay, and you are running directly at the soldiers, I'm trying to go around them. Okay. How many how many uh, of these guards there are, emerged? There are six of them. Okay. So if you can reduce their numbers in some way. <laughs> yeah, having having survived the first volley, being grateful, I guess apparently that there are pillars or potted plants or something in this room. Um I, you know, you think about the matrix, they had a lot of pillars in that lobby. Very convenient pillars. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm. Uh, I I have. Uh, I I hope that I hope that John will be mindful of our last combat, and realize that I'm more likely to use a grenade than a pistol against a group of foes, and I'm going to pull and toss. Okay. Uh, that's the 10 and 3, 13. Okay. Your grenade goes right between some of their legs uh, on the floor, and then there is, uh, John, you see it, so does Petra. Um, Andre and Ingolf, you're in the other room. Uh, there is suddenly a blast, and the six guards go flying in different directions. Um, part of the door is damaged. Part of the fireplace on the other side of the room is smashed. Um, but you guys all come out of it uninjured. Uh, 
and now the door the doorway is wide open it's, it's there so john you're uh still heading for it or you're getting up and running for it all right so what happens is this john you um you run into the room uh the room is a library um but most of the shelves don't have books on them some do you can tell it's a library it's set up like a library most of the shelves have the rotting and decaying skulls of little children all over them, hundreds of them. And at the other end of the room, the incarnate stands there. Um, he's, uh, he looks like the other incarnates. And uh, he laughs at you and says, there's nothing that you can do. It's not me that's going to do anything. And when you say that, well, yeah, when you say that, suddenly the statue of Bina is in the room, like like the obelisk from 2001. He turns and looks at it. It just suddenly is there and starts screaming. And as he does, the statue begins to grow. And it grows and it grows and it smashes through the ceiling and it starts to smash through the walls. And it, it seems to be growing, you know, a mile high. And suddenly there is this swirling light and fire that Bina herself has become blindingly white. And the incarnate has also grown and ripped through his flesh and he is like this dark cloud of glowing evil and they begin battling while the whole building is starting to come down around you um and you are you, you there's a moment of of you nausea as this this begins but the uh mark has vanished from your forehead. Uh, you will be, uh, you all, you have, actually everybody has to avoid uh, injury again because it's damaging the house. Hey, 15. <laughs> well, 13. 15 as well. All right. So you guys are kind of scrambling. Um, Andre and Ingolf, what are you guys doing? We have to make sure none of the children get out. Yeah. We have to make sure they all go down with the ship, so to speak. Um. So what are you doing? You're. I'm. I'm scrambling as best as I can to the front door, and then to wait there and make sure that. Okay. No, as you, nobody but who's not the five of us gets out. Ingolf, as you approach the front door and you look out, uh, to coin a phrase, all hell seems to be breaking loose. Uh, cracks are forming in the earth. Um, things are crawling out of them. Uh, armies of uh, 
these undead-like soldiers are marching towards the building. And uh, as they're doing this, uh, suddenly uh, you see the three nephrites. Uh, the three nephrites somehow move past you into the front of the building. And they stand there holding off the monsters coming towards the house um, using whatever means they can. They're attacking the monsters um, and they're yelling back at you, free the children, free the children. It's the source of his power. Right. Okay. I will turn around and start doing that. <laughs> Okay. Have you haven't you shot all the children in this room? <laughs> this room, yeah, yes. Not, but there are other rooms. Okay. Um, the rest of you can hear this. Um, you're not unaware of things going on. There are monsters by the thousands heading in the, the direction of this building. Um the whole thing is crumbling around you. Uh you I assume you're gonna go from door to door then and do your best. Yeah. I'm going to start across the hall now that we know more. You you open the doors, and in each room, there are horrors unimaginable. There are children that have been abused and misused and, and murdered and tied to one another. And some of the children are still alive, and they're starving, and they're naked, and they're they're covered in wounds, and they're, they've been tortured in every manable, every possible imaginable horror. But you are able to break them out, untie them, snap the chains, and let them go. And when when we break a lock or snap a chain, what does it look like? Do they stand up weakly and rub their wrists, or do they change? Or well, they don't really. I mean, at first they're still just small injured children, but. As you are releasing their bonds, you you can see that a ghostly-like child, an identical copy, seems to manifest itself near them and reunite itself with the child. The ghost children and the bodies are reuniting. And when they do, there's a moment when the child looks up at you uh, with a look of thanks. We just saw them, after all, a little while ago. But then their visage changed. They look enraged. And they turn and run away, run, run past you. And they start just howling in terror, well, in, in, in a terrifying manner. And they all seem to be going out the front door. And as they're going out the front door, you see them engage in the monsters and start tearing the monsters limb from limb uh, as if they were little supermen. They, they seem to be extremely strong. Um, Meanwhile, the house is coming down, and you can feel the entire structure, ground underneath you, shift and begin to sink into that hole, going towards 
hell, um, you can see the citadel rising up out of out of inferno, and Bina, you can see her. She is smashing the tower with her fists, and great chunks of it are breaking loose. And uh, uh, at some point, you see her sort of grab uh, the incarnate and fling him down. Uh, and it looks like he's flung like right out of the building and into the front yard. And she continues tearing down the citadel of Chigidiel. Uh, you look into the front yard and you see the children. The children see this incarnate of Chigidiel. And en masse, they just pile on top of him, beating him and tearing him to shreds. Uh, screaming and laughing in uh, almost ec ecstatically uh, that they are finally freed from their horrible torture. Um, you can avoid harm to see if you get out of the building. Oh, I only got nine, so no. Fourteen. Fourteen. 17 plus 20. I I will be right next to Ingolf, and I would even okay. if I thought he was gonna be left behind, I would try to get him out. And John, how did you do? And you got a 10? All right. So Petra and Dietrich, you uh you dive for the front door, you run out. Uh planks and and boards and stuff come crashing down. Fire starts. The building starts to burn. Um, some large beams fall on Andre and Ingolf and pin them to the ground. And John is somewhat injured by, by falling stuff, uh, but he's like on the threshold of the door. But you can see uh, Andre and Ingolf pinned there. What do you guys want to do? Run to help them. Yeah, pull them Try out. to get them out. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and do no, the help. Left behind. As well, because of my role. So Ingo's probably. What is it we left. roll? Uh, help. Help or hinder. Help. Help. What's the bonus you add to that? Uh, you use the same stats that the person you are trying to help is using. I see. And then you compare it against a chart at the uh, the back of the player move section. So if you get uh, nine, is you're going to interfere. 10 to 14 is help or hinder by plus one or minus one, depending on which. And 15 plus is potentially plus two or minus two. Yeah. I just get in the way. I rolled a six base and I don't think many of my bonuses are going to okay. raise that up. Are we trying to endure injury or avoid harm? Avoid harm. Four. 17. So that's <laughs> plus two from me. 10 is only a plus you one from me. So the building starts to crumble. It starts to fall into hell. And um, Bina uh, just seems to be busy smashing up uh, the citadel that's grown up out of the darkness. Um, she offers you no assistance. She, uh, she There's nothing like that. Uh, however, um, now that the children are involved and the children are viciously destroying anything from Inferno at this point. Um, the Nephrites move in your direction, and somehow they seem less horrible. They're 
their faces have become kinder and uh, they choose to lift the, the wooden structure that's fallen on you and throw it to the side so that you can scramble out yourselves. Um, but you take some injury in the process. Um, they, they look at you and they say, we were complacent in the original problem. So we are damned, but the children are free and you are free. And as the children are finishing up, you see the cracks repairing themselves, the, uh, the buildings going back to normal in the distance. Um, a great crashing sound as the citadel falls into this hole in the ground. Bina seems to vanish. Um, and slowly all around you, everything begins to go back to normal. Uh, the hole fills itself in. Uh, it's just a dilapidated old orphanage at this point. The snow, the ice, the freezing cold all seems to start to fade away. Um, people who may have from a distance witnessed what was going on now begin to convince themselves that it was all just some sort of dream they had. Um, and everything starts to go back to normal, at which point the children, the little children, come towards you, and they have smiles on their face, and they start to do little dances, little ring around the rosies, little things like that, singing and dancing around, um, obviously happy that you freed them. And then you can all see this, the sky, little, little, well, not so little, holes start to appear in the sky. And from each hole, a gigantic mechanical hook starts coming down towards, towards all of you. Um, the hook, one of the hooks grabs one of the little children and starts to lift him off the ground. But as it does, as it gets him maybe 20, 30, 40 feet in the air, the little child throws his arms back and from his eyes and from his mouth come beams of white light. <laughs> Excuse me. And he somehow turns in the air and smashes the hook. You see the hook break into pieces and fall like great pieces of metal hitting the ground and vanishing as they do one by one. And then groups of them, the children all start to do this. They become white like light and they smash the hooks and then they all throw their arms out and they ascend into the sky with a great thunderclap and they're gone. And they leave you back in what is a mess. We still itch, or is that no, your all of your disease, all of your itching is gone. <clears throat> the marks of Chigidiel that were on your foreheads are missing, are gone. You feel as if whatever it was, you have been freed from it. There's still oh, probably yeah, still water the for murder. Yes. 
There's so, this little matter of the epilogue. We'll do an epilogue. <clears throat> Sometime later, the waves are gently lapping against the shore at Kondai Beach on an island off the coast of Okinawa, Japan. The sun is setting and the evening light colors the sea crimson. A few couples are sitting on blankets along the beach, taking in the beautiful scenery. This is your covert meeting place where you can meet with your friends knowing that you knowing what you have all been through you take a sip of your drink you feel calm you feel at ease finally no traces of the infection or the mark that you received remain the nights are yours again placid dreams replacing the nightmares at least those that were super supernaturally caused your therapist says that the others will probably fade in time. But you have made some powerful enemies. You are hunted by forces set on exacting their revenge. But for now, uh, Takatomi Island is a world away from the Slavic society and their vendetta. You stand together on the soft sand, the water gently caressing your toes. It's warm. The sun is all but gone now, and the couples are starting to pack up and leave. You remain for a little while longer. That's when you notice something floating on the water in front of you. A small, painted Russian doll. Before you fully realize what you're doing, you pick it up. The memories come rushing back, hitting you all at once, and you close your eyes. When you open them, you are standing in a gray landscape surrounded by fog. You glimpse a low hill, and uh, a lonely tree rises on the hillside before you. You have been here before. Piotr, the wanderer, is there, happy and free. He's sitting by the tree on the hill, list, leaning against the, the weathered trunk. He looks at you and he says, you know, they'll eventually find you. What if I told you that you could stay here, that together we could rebuild the empty city? Um, John knows what I'm talking about. We could create a whole new world here, a world that never ends. Or if you so choose, you can go back into Elysium and live out your days. Maybe you are tired of all this. Maybe you aren't. What will it be? He stretches out his hand to offer it to you. What do you do? I've wanted to be a dream prince for a long, long time because I want to throw this whole world behind me. I take his hand. Okay. How about the rest of you? I've got There's... my hand on John's shoulder as he, I think John didn't even listen to all of Peter's speech before he began to walk toward him. I'm like, sure, I'll get on that train. Yep, I, there's there's no reason for me to go back. There's nothing left for me there. Petron Andre. I'll take his hand. 
And Andre? He does not. I'm sorry, say it again. Doesn't he doesn't take the hand. You're not going to take his hand. Okay. So the four of you, you take his hand and you start to walk and you start walking. The fog envelops you. You feel excited and elated. You have so very much to do and all the time in the world to do it. Andre, you open your eyes again. It's been a long time. Now you are alone on Kondai Beach. 31 years have passed. You've aged well, despite having to constantly look over your shoulder. Several attempts on your life have been made, keeping you perpetually on edge. Loved ones, friends that you thought that you could protect have perished. Yet you survive, struggling to get through just one more day. But lately, you have begun to see the patterns of things, the machinations of the higher powers. Are they really so high? It would seem that given a clear mind, one that perceives the cosmic mechanism, even you could surpass them. Everything around you, the ridiculous political nonsense in the USA, the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, they are all things that you are inclined to throw yourself into, all the arguing and fighting. But you know now the point of all of this. It's just a distraction to keep you back. It's time for you to find out what is really going on in the background, how the machinery of the universe works, and with that knowledge, maybe throw a monkey wrench into it and watch it all come crashing down and curse the being who created it. Then you can finally begin your real adventure. And that's the end of Black Madonna. I like that ending. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Tom. Thank you. That was good. You're welcome. It was when... a pleasure. <laughs> mm. And now sanity points. <laughs> <laughs> and now upkeep. So um have we learned anything new about the truth? <laughs> questions. And so now I'm sure that questions will come out about this whole thing. What Here was it? a choice cut? Because that phrase has been lingering with me for a long time. That makes me extremely happy because the whole hook thing I made up on the spot, I just thought it would be so creepy, especially the image that, you know, you go to church, you have a funeral, and God comes and takes you to heaven, except that God's a giant hook that reaches down and grabs you and puts you into the recycling machine. So the whole hook imagery, I, I came up with that. And the whole choice cut just was the nail in the coffin to make it really creepy. Um, of course, Magda was simply recycled. The same with everybody else who would do it. You escaped by going into the dream world. And um, ultimately, Andre might escape. He might, he, might, he might do what the children did. The children had been tortured and, and, and used for so long and had become right on the verge of awakening. And this last little bit was enough to awaken them. And so they broke free of this reality. And 
is there a different path we could have taken with the children because there was this whole like you know free them which we kind of debated what that actually means. yeah if you if you had not freed them if you had have left them in the house then the way it probably would have been played out is you wouldn't be able to get out of the house because of all of the monsters outside and you would have fallen into hell and then you would have learned simply that Bennett doesn't give a shit about any of you you know you were just being used it kind of makes sense that she doesn't uh Beanar is saying no kill the kids they can't get out none of them gets out alive because it will just restart like it did last time right but more she doesn't want them to awaken because she's narcon she doesn't want people to awaken right gotcha now, if we had gone into the Gamanasha Gemeinschaft building, mm-hmm. would that Razid have been terrified by three of us with glowing Gideals? Or are we too far off our base of um, you know, what, would I've, he have I, just gunned us down? I forget what his name is now off the top of my head, but he was a servant of Chigidiel, and he was put in, in place because of all of Chigidiel's little machinations. However, Razids and, and, and Nephrites don't love Chigidiel. They hate him. So at the same time that he was put into that position, he thought, well, I'll be a rather clever Razid, and I will build my own little empire. So he was actually really afraid that Chigidiel would figure out what he was doing so if you went in there with the mark, he would have probably freaked out. You know, he would have immediately tried to kill you. Um, he, uh, he, you know, was a reluctant servant of Chigidio. Uh, that's the best way to describe him. Uh, but he was, he had his own, the, the whole thing with the Germanschap was uh, kind of his machinations trying to gain power. So going in and scaring the hell out of Ernst Vogel would not have actually helped us particularly. It just might have gotten us a lot destabilized. It would have it would, it would have gotten you. Uh, I mean, you might have found out more information about Slava uh, earlier if you'd have gone in there. That's really the only reason that that part of the campaign is in there is so that you guys make the connection. Thinking of other people that might have been a problem if we ran across them. Arkham. Is he just purely a distraction or red herring or? He's in there. He's an important, um, he's uh, touted as an important character, but um, I think that he's just an outsider. That's, that's a death magician. Um, He's a magician. He's a death magician and he's a magician of time and space. Um, But uh, he's just for himself. You know, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure he was even necessary in the story. No, I suppose we could have potentially annoyed him, but then I think the metaphor I used was just, yeah, ships pass. Yeah, that that was, that was the best way to kind of not ignore him, but just acknowledge he's going in his own way. It, it, it he... almost feels like he's in there for if your players decide to not go with Piotr. And then you continue on with those characters. Yeah, I don't know why he's in there. Um, he's interesting. Um, 
I think maybe maybe that's why it's because it's a cult one, and the cult usually has characters that suddenly seem to be not on anyone's side, but they are on their own side. So maybe he's on his on his way towards awakening, but he's going the long route. Mm. So. A lot of it is aesthetic, after all. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's historic and a lot of it's aesthetic. Uh, if so there were eight doors out of that room in the citadel. Was there another horrible situation for it was pretty all much of them? horrible children, uh and various numbers being tied up and tortured in each room. Right. Uh, uh, upstairs, a, I, downstairs. Yeah. With a lot of aesthetic specificity. Which I, I, I one thing I thought was really funny is that um Godin, the the incarnate, is in room number three. And it's like, really? You know, we're not gonna make the people go through the whole house to try to find him. <laughs> That's why I think I said earlier on, why are they giving me all of these rooms with all of these details when we love nobody's gonna go? <laughs> I was tempted well, to say go for door three because he is the third incarnate. But... Maybe that's why they did it. They wanted, um, what's they wanted the, door number three? The Monty Hall paradox to come into play. Yeah. <laughs> you choose one door and then we'll reveal to you what door does not have the incarnate behind it now. Do you choose a different door? <laughs> Now the, the 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 things I've I've brought up that I thought were quite difficult at this was it did really seem like especially the Germanic Airmine chef, it's like you infiltrate the building to find out which building you have to infiltrate next, and a lot of it was written like that, you know. So I was like, really, can we come up with something better? Uh, yeah, it's like it's with older. I mean, this is an older, older right RPG game, right? Like, there's there's not that. I mean, having run a massive Nyarlathotep for the channel, you know, that's another campaign where it's like once you once you do the first scenario, you kind of figure out <laughs> what the blueprint is for the rest of them, right? They just have one idea, and they just still it was an interesting story it's the same i yeah. imposed a lot of my own knowledge being pre-orthodox into the religious aspects of it which the way that the book is written i don't think they knew what they were doing i mean at least religiously because they had everything set up like a catholic church and i'm like you know we don't have statues in our churches why do you have all these statues in the churches it's <laughs> like these are Russian Orthodox. They're like, sometimes they're ultra conservative as far as the, the way they do things in the church. Uh, all the icons must be Byzantine. All of the, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. We did. Thank you. We did. I've been waiting 16 years to play that, so thank you. <laughs> it was a very, very moody time, which I think is what cult is all about anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and set pieces, eerie, creepy, interesting set pieces of various kinds. Lots of lots of child experience. Lots of child damage to, to child yeah. stuff. And yeah. and going just as all our, as they can on the uh it's horrible. <laughs> yeah 
Our players included Matthew Sanderson, David Gasway, Holly Buto, Morgan Llewellyn, and Josh Harwood with yours truly as the Game Master. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the strange and terrifying world of cult divinity lost role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.